I really do like 10 Things I Hate About You as well. Mm. Are you looking up rom-coms? I don't know. What, what about Joe versus the Volcano? Oh, I fucking love Joe vs. the uh, Volcano. See? I've never seen Joe vs. the Volcano. It's great. It's one. Mad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It does sound like some sort of big fight night. It's a tie-off! <laughs> the Volcano came in with a low-left punch at the fourth round. Weighing uh, 400 million tons. It's been here. Been on Earth since 1600 BC. It's still a welterweight fight. Please claim to half the Galapagos. It's the volcano! <laughs> Love are we running? <laughs> um, a guy that we know who shall rename un- unnamed, promise it's no me, his shagging song no. was the Corals 74 75. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Is it really ever after? <laughs> was it Dawson for Dawson's Creek? <laughs> I'd love to know him. <laughs> He's rich. Can I imagine him like shagging like someone really slowly doing the worm. <laughs> <laughs> but like a horrible big Willie staying in as well. <laughs> I was gonna say you have to have a bendy dick like <laughs> bendy dick. Like bend it like <laughs> bend it like Clinton. <laughs> Sh- shagging like a fucking erotic thriller. Oh, oh yes. I know. Like see <clears throat> the way Shannon Tweed job. No, see the way that Billy Baldwin shags Sharon Stone and Sliver it is like he's trying to move a chest of drawers (laughs) (laughs) it's mental he's like he's like scooting her let's fucking get on there man it's like you know when you're getting ready to go down a flume and you go back and forth like that it's like that and then you just go down the flume the shagging in that film is garbage I know but you'd be 40 really save it oh hi hi as the day with every film, like Speed 2. So I was about to say Speed 2. <laughs> and, oh, what other film are UB40 playing in? Is it not like a like a Demi film? I think UB40 are playing in a club or something like that. Oh, really? Aye. Uh, like, what can I, can I mean? What was, what was I, going uh, on there? Philadelphia. Do <laughs> 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 you know what? Uh, it's that famous line where uh, Tom Honks says, I really want some white reggae. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, UB40 alright UB41 next year <laughs> <laughs> so we're uh, so hi welcome hiya welcome, welcome to Video Namaste uh, Video Namaste is in love love Video in Namaste is in love with love with being in love in love in love with the films blads let's cut it down to the bone here we're in love with the films in love with the pictures oh, the pictures aye eh? Love the films, love for the the magic of the movies. <laughs> Did you know that UB40 have got an IMDb page? <laughs> of course they have. They were in Speed 2. Oh, of course they were. What else were they in? Was it just UB40 films? <laughs> I'll try to find the film that they're actually in, but I can't see it. Live. Aye. The video hits. Uh, Imagine hearing that. They must be fucking 10 a penny. <laughs> I'm going to get a bunch of UB40 tapes and just torture myself like Clockwork Orange. <laughs> no. Uh, video Namaste is in love. Uh, we've, we're, we've... That's me playing a harp. Finley's playing a harp. harp. Like a wee Cupid baby. <laughs> like Joanna Newsom. <laughs> hey, that's enough of that. He's also bare arsed. <laughs> that's what I'm playing, Our very own Cupid. <laughs> 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 um, so uh, yeah so we, we've taken the subject of love and we've each chosen a film uh, to discuss this is it this is part three we've already done A Lifeless Ordinary and Brief Encounter but <clears throat> I just sorry I just uh, it's very timely of us uh, to talk about love and me to just do a big off mic burp <laughs> <laughs> a big partridge like <laughs> gust to the left away from the table <laughs> Aye, so, uh, I love you, dear. I always burn. 
<laughs> sorry, my love. Oh, sorry, that's a hot one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not long after a lot of pakora. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, for the final part, we're going with uh, you alright Finley? No, I'm just rifting oh, <laughs> he's at it as well oh the burps are <laughs> I was going to say we've just we've <laughs> started on the beer now so it's got to be rifting been like. holding it all <laughs> like like two lovers on a first date we've been holding it all oh, or wind oh I the last two episodes guts bubbling uh-huh. <laughs> and now it's you know, now we're uh, a year deep into the relationship and... <laughs> we're farting each other's faces. I, <laughs> we don't even realise it. I'm sitting on Finley's cushion just cutting the cheddar. He's like, that's my fucking... I put my heat on I'm that. I'm farting on your meal prep for the week. I love the but idea... But the thing is, we still love each other. I love the idea of anyone that's just listened to the Brief Encounter episode being like, these guys are nice. <laughs> they talk shop. They talk shop. I know. We're, we're like, talking about UB40's IMDb. Baby. <laughs> uh, we're back. <laughs> Ken, what um, love is, what love is to me, that first time that you fart in front of your partner. That first fart, many, that first squeak, you're like, uh-huh. do you know what I thought? See, when like the doorbell app became started becoming popular, I was like, how many uh, like farts are going to be caught you know, oh, like uh, after first dates, <laughs> like c- coming out, especially if you've like just pumped for the first time, uh, and you go out, and the doorbell apps caught the guy walking outside and just uh, like, I'm just going for a, I'm just going for a fag. <laughs> Doors barely shut. It's like, whoppa, whoppa. Aye, so this week. So we gave. You know, now it's Danny's choice, um, and what a what a <laughs> wow, what a picture! What? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a movie. I was so funny. I was watching it last night for the first time, and I was like, "This is very Danny." <laughs> well, thank you. First of all, Ginger Live. <laughs> just well, don't say it like that. <laughs> the timeless beauty of Catherine Deneuve. The cruel elegance of David Bowie, the open sensuality of Susan Sarandon. All very impressive resumes, but they're no better than you or I when the hunger strikes. Bum de dum ba bum de bum dum. Do you remember those ads? I think Hugh Laurie did the voices. <laughs> Ken, right, I was just gonna say, Ken, the first time I watched it was last year, right? No. And it was on a train. <laughs> <laughs> There you go, fate has brought us here. I watched it on the train to Aberdeen. <laughs> oh, God. I know. And I was like, hmm. And then, like, just the way it starts, I was like, gonna have to turn the brightness to the way. <laughs> uh, I similarly, I was watching it and I was just a 14 year old boy again because um, through a set of circumstances, I was watching this at my mum's. And uh, I had my hand on the remote ready to hit stop if she came in the room. Because <laughs> at any point she's going to be like, what are you watching? Still at the age that I'm at. And no wonder there is a lot of saucy business going on in <laughs> Ronnie Scott's The Hunger. Yes, man. Good stuff. So this is his first film. And uh, before this, he was directing adverts. And the adverts. The adverts. The adverts as well. Aye, just like Fiddly. Just like Fiddly mm-hmm. was doing his wee sad Hovis boy advert. <laughs> um, so that's kind of how uh, he got into the industry, started off in the UK and then um, got involved in um, the, you know, in the fashion industry. Because Catherine Deneuve, uh, the star of this film, was the face of Chanel. And uh, like she was everywhere. Nazi the- sympathisers, are they? Chanel. Are they? Aye. All right. Well, wait. So how does that make you feel? (laughs) Do you love the Nazis? (laughs) (laughs) And by the end of this episode, I'll have converted you both. Um, So it was. So this is this film. I chose this film because it's set in nineteen. Well, it was made in nineteen eighty-three, and um, that's the year I was born. And um, it it had like a lasting legacy on the aesthetic of popular films Tony mm. Scott has an undeniable style mm-hmm. and there are many many other filmmakers who have taken a lot uh, 
a lot of leafs from his book and changed their entire style. And although this film wasn't a hit at the time, it stayed with a lot of filmmakers and they've been quoted as saying that The Hunger was a, a, had a big impression on them. And mostly for me, this film, uh, I'd, like, I'd never seen it until I was maybe about like 12 or something like that. Did you see it late night on the sci-fi channel? I don't, I didn't see it in the sci-fi channel, but I definitely seen it late night on Council Tell. It's got to be Channel 4. It must be Channel 4. I probably... Oh, there's, I, got, there's got a wee whiff of a BBC <clears throat> job about it. But no, it's but I remember, I remember seeing it four late later. night. Aye. And, um, the logo on the screen. Like, in fact, no, I was younger than 12 because it, like, it, it impressed a lot on me in terms of like, so my impression of love and romance and lust was informed a lot by this film. Jesus Christ! Totally, but like you know, it was everywhere, man. Like that, you know, the blowy curtains. Like then Michael Bay came in and lifted it, and um, and like you know, like softly lit shots, mm. and like you know, almost Vaseline lens looks, and uh, how characters silk, you oh, know, yes. how characters ca- pass one another, and like it's a very luscious film. Yeah, and it's very pop music. Aye, aye, exactly. Well. And it, like mo- a lot of music videos from that era, stole. really stole for it. And oh, like, yeah, aye, so like this imprinted, not imprinted, imprinted a lot of what my um, unexperienced mind at the time uh, thought uh, thought of love. And lust and you know shagging, that like that's that eternal life. That image <clears throat> is uh, forever emblazoned on my mind because of this film. Also, and uh, the impression it made on the industry. Just say it. Just, what? It's for stinking wee goths to. Oh, yeah, wee goth. Well, that's that's a given. And I mean, yeah. fucking hell, Bauhaus play it. Like, open it up. Aye. But uh, so the film itself, it's about uh, um, a vampire, and she has um, the curse of having to keep a lover alive. Um, and the the although uh, she herself has eternal life, her lover technically doesn't. Um, the the lover uh, themselves are essentially at the end of the day put in a box. Mm. and left to live eternal life in that box. In a coffin. In mm. a coffin, whereas she remains eternally youthful. So she, they, our lovers have eternal life, but she has eternal youth. Mm. And her first, or, or the partner that we're introduced to uh, her having is David Bowie. And he starts to rapidly deteriorate. And at that point in time, she, uh, her interests are peaked, and David Bowie's interests are peaked in... Um, a scientist, Susan Sarandon, <laughs> uh, who is basically unlocking the key to eternal life through right. monkey blood, of course. And uh, David Bowie starts monkey to show signs blood. of age rapidly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, slowly begins to decay and die, and that's when we find out that he's just put in a box like the end of Raiders. <laughs> he just, just piled away with our lovers. Just up the loft. <laughs> Put him up the loft. Just wheeled it. He's sh- done. Shed. <laughs> it's like a fucking um, box of Spectrum games. <laughs> <laughs> but Susan Sarandon has been turned, and um, the 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 big drama unfolds for there. But um, aye, the big appeal for me, besides the like you know the nostalgic connection, is purely style. Hundred percent. It's obviously it's fucking is, daft, right? That is that is its main biggest strength and draw. Yeah, as the style, like the 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 plots kind of the the actual plot and dialogue and that are a wee bit kind of kind of not flimsy, but a wee bit like not unsturdy. But when it comes to like the visual style, yeah, especially like the industrial textures and all that, it's unbeatable. It's just you can't kind of, you can't kind of walk away. You can't kind of look away from it. You're just like, yep. wow, this is mm-hmm. like. <clears throat> have you ever seen John McTiernan's Nomads? John McTiernan's I first film. Well, so uh, John McTiernan's Nomads is essentially almost like this, but Adam Ant is the vampire, <laughs> and he runs like a kind of clique of vampires, mm. and it's Pierce Brosnan that he's fighting against. Um, <clears throat> it's great. Nuts. It's brilliant, <laughs> but it looks like this. It like totally informed like a lot of that style, like near dark as well. Mm. It's got oh, that, it's, it's got that kind of looking near dark flatliners, like especially mm. that like Schumacher taking all that kind of billowy like curtain that uh, white Lost Boys that white hot moonlight, all that. So mm. it really even as a study, just purely in 
broad cinematic texture it's an archetype for what the 80s and 90s would become in terms of like dark mysterious gothica mm-hmm. you know what I mean and adding in Bauhaus and all the kind of like gothic punk stuff to it as well mm-hmm. is just enough to make you just want to be inside it Aye. Yeah. you know what I mean Aye, it's a very textural Aye. film whether or not you understand like what's going on you don't really care because you're so like swept away by everything else that's going on mm-hmm. you know what I mean and like that's that's the whole like that's the whole uh, for me a, a big key element of vampirism is being swept away by mm. oh, it's pure. The, the, the whoever it is Dracula's obviously the big example there yeah. this thing is like you know he can charm you and spell mm. you it's and pure chemical obsession like, aye, you know? exactly. yeah. and yeah. like that's that's the film uh, I don't think it was intentional but that doesn't matter because that's what it, that's a, an element of it mm. and something else that it does really well is subvert a lot of tropes mm. so she's out in the daylight uh, Catherine yeah. Deneuve and it's yeah, never yeah. discussed and you know there's no crosses really in fact they walk about with all the, the crosses the essentially aye. Aye, the, aye, that Egyptian symbol like uh, on their hearts mm-hmm. no less and, yeah, they, aye, they don't say vampire well, do they? no not no. once, not once. Like, that, that's what I was well. listening out for it this time I totally I, I mean my vampire film knowledge is uh, isn't great but in terms of like contemporary vampire settings like it must be quite new at this point. Oh, big time! So this kickstarted a whole. So like before, I don't think yeah, Dracula seventy seven or whatever. Like, aye. Oh, like yeah. the, was that the Frank Langella one? Because there was a Frank Langella aye. one, and there was Dracula like seventy two AD as well. But Vampire and Love at First Bite maybe, but uh, Dracula and modern kind of stuff was mm. a bit. No, it was yeah. one of the first, um, one of the first kind of mainstream. Hollywood oh, aye. Uh, aye. films to take vampirism out of the castle mm-hmm. and put it in a contemporary setting and then obviously like this this canned like this film did not do well at mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. and um, but off the back of that like it, it like you know you've got films like Lost Boys and Fright Night and so on yeah the, the trend well, it, yeah. continues for there it kind of plays on that um it, it, it's funny like pairing this with Brief Encounter it's like Brief Encounter <laughs> and then I know. incredibly long encounter <laughs> but like the the ideas of like eternal love and um, or the or the problems with eternal life mm-hmm. and trying to like it's always about time isn't it it's like it's a time and loss and um, the tragedy of outlasting Everything else, I suppose. Aye. But that's well, but the one well, sorry, what I mean is, is like there's a lot of well used vampire tropes in this mm. that would have come from this. Oh, aye. And even well, even like the contemporary stuff. But when Susan Sarandon's like she's studying, I think as as their book like Sleep and Longevity or something like that. Yeah. So it's so it's all about like studying and like brand new like medicine and all that. The correlation between sleep and living forever but mm-hmm. obviously these people can sleep because they're vampires and they mm. don't sleep so oh, yeah, but they yeah. are living forever so Aye. they're trying to especially for like Bowie's kind of character as well that's why he's a wee bit mere in it because he's trying to figure out how he can stop himself decaying Aye. but he, ultimately it fails on the fact that he can't rest Aye. So, so that's what kills him as well as being obviously in love and her mm. being vampiric towards his person has has genetic makeup there's a really good line um like so part way part way through this film um like i was i was remembering exactly why i enjoyed it and it was mm-hmm. just that you know on a like on a essentially a purely surface level but then this line popped up and it really hit me humankind die one way this is just as David Bowie's getting <laughs> carted away in his <laughs> box right humankind die one way we another their end is final, ours is not. And the earth and the rotten wood and the eternal darkness we will see and hear and feel. Right. Mm. And like to me that work that's that's that, that works two ways, right? So we've got in the earth and the rotten wood we, and the eternal darkness we will see, hear and feel, right? That mm. that's obviously very literal to what happens to the vampires. But to me that also speaks to the curse of being in love. Mm. No matter what we have done where we end up 
if we're in it, if we're on our own, we're still left with the scars of previous relationships. Like I was saying in that last episode about mm. no matter how strong you are, or how much you've recovered from a previous relationship, you hear one song from that time, mm. it sends you right back, and you're, you're, that heartache's still there. Mm-hmm. You know, so that you're you're still living through that, regardless of the fact that you're you're you know in a whole other world from it. And it sounds like they're making peace with immortality despite the fact Aye. that they're raging against it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and like I don't <clears throat> I don't think the 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 film could have taken the same route that the book has, and I've not read the book. Right. But uh, the book that it's based on goes into a, a lot greater detail. But what the film does is and this is a lean like what an hour and forty or something like that, hour and thirty five. It's still oh, it's, quite yeah. a quite a quick guy. <laughs> and um what, but what the film does is, from what I imagine, is like just put tell the the tell a few chapters and background details. So, mm-hmm. like for instance, uh, Catherine Deneuve's character's film is just replete with beautiful ornate objects from yeah. centuries past. Is there's <clears throat> dozens and dozens of items, and uh, and the Susan Sarandon and the soundtrack <laughs> is like classical music. Oh, aye, it's all yeah, classical so music, uh huh. And uh, and and uh, like. You know, she so she's you know she's been about a while, and there are flashbacks to previous lovers. So like back to Egyptian times, yeah. even I think yeah, it's yeah. the furthest back that it goes. Well, I think she's maybe six thousand year old. Aye, because like aye, so he at least three hundred, three hundred, mm. and there's like a, like about half a dozen at least coffins there. So mm. you you know you do the math. She's been about a while, <laughs> and uh, and obviously Susan Sarandon's about to <clears throat> suffer the same fate, mm-hmm. but she's. Too um, too well informed and too smart to to fall for it, and she, obviously she ends up uh, after. How did you cope with the the scene? <laughs> Listen, I didn't want to get too thigh rubby on the podcast. <laughs> I'm just asking. It took me by surprise. No. I don't know why it took me by surprise, but it did. Aye. I watched yeah. that on a train. <laughs> <laughs> Brightness down, brightness down. Uh, it was very. Uh, it's, it's, kind of, it's yeah, it's, but it's also really. Um, what's the word? Because it's kind of dangerous, mm-hmm. and you know, it's very sexy, mm. but it's very kind of grimy. Very, um, it's a wee bit cold, too. Yeah. There's no like, and there's it's no like, there's no like the... intensity to it. It's yeah. just it's happening, and they're there, and they're doing it, and like their sex scene is, f- like, for the viewer being the voyeur, you're like, oh, these are two like obviously beautiful women like making love and all that, but when it comes to the actual story and how they're performing it, it is very like an inevitability, mm. but a bit no a great one for them. Mm-hmm. Like it's like the film is basically like love can be nice, but love is also transactional because mm-hmm. it is a transaction for her. She's no, she's she is a, fallen in love, but as, as, at the end of it, it's just to prolong her life. Aye, aye. you know what I mean, and, oh, to, and to essentially drain somebody else of theirs. Aye. So it is a pure transaction for her. Mm-hmm. And you're either bit by the curse or you're drained. Aye, basically, you know. What and I mean? also, there's a sense of like you know how one small act like that can have such heavy yep, consequences for the rest of your like, long life yeah <laughs> heavy consequences yeah. And like I mean the, the end of that sex scene like when things start to kind of sour and you realise that she's feeding mm-hmm. yeah. off her like that that transition is great and also there's some I, like I, I don't think it was just a stylistic choice uh, but either way, if it was or it wasn't the purpose that it serves, the editing. Yeah. So at the very start, when they're in the nightclub and there's like uh, cuts back to the uh, apartment that they go back to, mm-hmm. and then they're back in the club, mm-hmm. and you know the way that it plays out, time's disjointed, mm-hmm. and time is kind of um, played out as a as a fragile thing in this film mm. mm-hmm. you know that um, ultimately can be shattered you know it's mm-hmm. not what you think of it mm-hmm. you know the, the cuts to the uh, different locations mm-hmm. concurrently you know uh, it's like when the, when Bauhaus are playing and then there's a cut to a car like Aye. Bauhaus just stops yep. and it's just the sound of the car going out of the bridge and then it cuts back to them mm-hmm. and the sound's back on it's like actual yeah. like and there's actual like there's, there's, there's score playing in the background mm-hmm. as well 
and then there's just back to Bauhaus and then there's back to the score and then it's mm. just hard cold cuts mm. back and forth I think that's um, again if it's not purposeful doesn't matter that's yeah. that's what I took from it you know? yeah I think um, the thing that I, the thing about her character as well is like I feel like she's very selfish and mm-hmm. as you point out cold as well and oh, it's I, like she's, col- she's, she's collecting yeah. she's, she's lost go- all she's- sense of what it means whereas the people like Bowie's character truly loves her I think the difference between her and her lovers is she's she's not a creature of this earth yeah and as such like again back to um, whether or not I think it was a conscious choice for her to be with another woman and that not to be an issue because she's not a creature of this earth and she's not bound by traditions yeah in the traditional male female relationship, mm-hmm. she's in love and she's in lust with someone. It's someone. It's she not just wants them. a man or a woman. She wants them. Exactly. There's no. It, and she and, refuses to kill Bowie as well. Yep. Aye. Despite him constantly. And so, aye, constantly. <laughs> sort of... he, he comes into the. He's like, kill me, kill me, <laughs> like for the third time, and they really ring that home. Uh, <laughs> like uh, he's at the top of the stairs, and you're like. You're just getting like, fucking kill him then. He's I've done. Got, I've got in my notes here, this is what would happen to Bowie if he worked in like a bank. The agent's makeup is really good. Yeah, it's Aye. great. Mm-hmm. I don't Aye. know if it's just like the sort of the, the kind of darkness of the film and everything kind of helping it out, but mm. yeah, when he ages sitting <clears> waiting <throat> in that chair. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, it's beautiful. When he, when he kills the young, the young lassie, too, the young pianist lassie. And it only hit me this time. I've seen this, that. I've seen the hunger a dozen times, but it only hit me this time that the, one of the reasons he kills her is because he sees her as a threat. I didn't click with See, that before. I, I thought that he was because he asks, is, "Is Alice going to be your next lover?" Or your next, next one, pl- next plaything or something. Aye, because right. I thought when he ki- like when he kills a young lassie playing piano, he says something like "forgive me" or something, mm. and I thought he was doing it because it was taking that possibility away from her being that. Oh, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it was like yeah. instead of instead of her suffering the same fate as him, he was like, "Forgive me for what I've got to do, but oh, this right, is to aye. save your life essentially." Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought it was. I know it could be both as well. You know what I mean? aye, aye. Aye. But um, <clears throat> so this uh, the the book that this is based on, uh, the guy that wrote it uh, had another two adaptations. One of oh, them was yeah. Wilfin. Wilfin and Communion. And Communion. And communion. Aye. Fucking rules, man. And it's like so good. So I, <clears throat> I read Communion, but I've not read the other two. But I love all three of these films. And Whitley Strieber. Strieber. Aye. Aye. Something like that. Aye. And um, aye. The, apparently this guy's writing style is very clinical right. and very in-depth mm. and so in reading communion I, I, like i kind of found this out so I, I, the book as interesting as it was explored more elements of the psyche and you know whether or not this guy's cracking up and here's why mm. and like chapters and chapters on focus like and the, again that's another lean film that's like 90 minutes or some communion but and also it, i communion they also wrote like after interviewing I don't know how many abductees Aye. like mm-hmm. alien abductees so uh, it's it's very like almost scientific because he's just lived and listened to people's exact data like times uh-huh. dates all that sort of stuff so uh, it's quite quite cold edged but like, my, my point is, is like, I definitely preferred the film adaptation because oh, I took the key elements <clears throat> and put uh, a lot of the uh, minutia and background detail much mm-hmm. as I imagine the hunger has done as well, you know, and in those terms, I, without having read the source material, I can mm-hmm. tell that this is a interesting adaptation. Um, sorry, bring it like to, I, I, like I might just be tired, but bringing it back to the whole is I'm only thinking about this because of the point I made about brief encounter about how the the story was like because it was over a short period of time. Like there was a real value to it mm-hmm. and I feel like watching The Hunger is like it's about the value of loss and that idea that she refuses to let go of any of her lovers mm-hmm. and it turns into just it's misery Aye. and it's there's it's like it's clinical and it's selfish and there's no <coughs> there's nothing to it um, so I feel like there's a point about the kind of value of finite time and loss mm-hmm. and 
Um, and the importance of letting go as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Those essentially, to me, the the X's in the box <laughs> mm. are all memories and heartache. Even although she's an, a, again like a creature from not from this world, mm-hmm. and is just as evil. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I think, has been on Earth long enough to experience enough emotion to want to hold on to things to yeah. want to hold on to the memory because remember like she, she she earnestly says like look after him you know when she puts mm-hmm. him in the, in the box like she's like you, you are here with all people that I hold dear mm-hmm. regardless of how like she's a killer she's yeah. a monster um, but she does care for these these old lovers mm-hmm. and if you don't let go of that they're they'll come back and kill you, you know, <laughs> eventually and that's what happens and like that is where the film should have ended because mm. Susan Sarandon's killed she's dead and that's what kills her yeah. she needs that symbiosis she mm. needs that other person there because mm-hmm. if she dies just as she, her blood is in her mm-hmm. if she dies like if, if Susan Sarandon dies Catherine Deneuve dies yeah. mm-hmm. so that's why she turns into this like yeah. vacuous zombie aye, thing aye. and just turns to dust the fact that she comes like soon as Randy comes back at the end that was a studio intervention oh, that, that was right. not that was intended like they they lost that battle oh, that I was a see. big contention for Tony Tony Scott left film after that he made this film it bombed the studio took over and put on a shite ending right and he was like fuck this and then fucking uh, Don, Simpson. Don Simpson came and offered him Top Gun <laughs> <laughs> and he was like fuck it alright yeah I've done enough blasted out his fucking mind <laughs> and, uh-huh. and then just fucking bam bam it's bam it's funny because it was the thing that <clears throat> Tony Scott um, I always associate Tony Scott with like Magic Hour nah, Orange yeah, yeah. Yeah. like all that sort of and, um, and, and it was it had it had a lot of texture and all that sort of atmosphere but it was very blue oh yeah which is great mm-hmm. um, yeah and there's also like you can tell, like see for that's that's a that's a guy's first film. I know it's, it's, very, it's very robust. And like you can't tell for a minute that like there's it's set in New York, right? Mm-hmm. But it, I can no, I only hey, see I'm like one or two shots in New York. I would be surprised to learn if that was shot in New York. Uh, yeah, like, I, mean, you know, the... I, I imagine all the outdoor stuff obviously would, but that would be it. Because mm-hmm. there's other locations you're like, I just looks like London. Yeah, uh, the 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 bit with the rollerblader and the underpass, aye, so good. Like, yeah, aye. that's that to Stunning. me. I was like, that's atmosphere. I was like, because you know, there's something coming. That I think it's an Iggy Pop song playing. Aye, it's uh, aye. I can't it's a song that Bowie co-writes. It's aye, it's on uh, the idea. Uh, I, I can't, I can't mind it, but it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's just the way that that is compiled. Fun time. It's one time it is. It's called right. It's good and song. then as it, it's Bowie that shows up, eh? Just uh, to to kill them essentially. But and he's he, like, "You cut me!" Ah, uh, it's like, can he bring himself to date? Sort of thing. You're just like, mm. it just, I, I don't know. There's just something about it where you're like, that's it's tragic, and, and it's kind it's of like, pathetic as well. That's aye, aye. But just just the actual like the filmmaking. Oh, right. they're oh, they're the coming act. as one. Right. You're like, yeah. for a for a guy's first film, you really want to make an impression, and sometimes filmmakers can get overexcited to be like look what I can do but see that that's, <laughs> that's like really it's really measured and it's really calm about the kind of the kind of style that he's trying to put on mm. and it like looks for, amazing and he has such a like and it's the same with Fiddley as well his his visuals <laughs> like I mean I imagine having no frame of reference and then making Alien Aye. I could do like. it <laughs> <laughs> I'll make two aliens <laughs> <laughs> yeah, alien one, alien two. <laughs> like, but you know what I mean. Like to have such a confident approach to making film that you have your own authorship off mm. the back. Not that Ridley Scott does. I don't think. Like, he, I don't believe in the auteur theory for like him. Mm-hmm. You know, but somebody like Tony Scott can make me believe in that because mm. he there's there is there's an authorship there. Yeah. But my point is, is like for Ridley Scott to come in and make a sci-fi film that then informed how sci-fi films are made today and then fucking Blade Runner Aye. you know like those two brothers within the one year made Blade Runner and then The Hunger 
you know, and they changed. They changed how films looked, mm-hmm. you know, for better or worse. You know, <laughs> they did. They, they came on. They were just like fucking boom. There you go. Uh, just the, a couple of wee English boys. <laughs> the, uh, the crow, very indebted to the hunger. Aye, oh, big, big time. time uh, uh-huh. Like Michael Bay's entire career. <laughs> <laughs> hey, music videos, uh, particularly ballads. Mm-hmm. You know, like, ah, that's a good point, actually. And and it, like I love Tony Scott's films. They're Almost every one of them, I love them. <laughs> like I think Top Gun's pretty much the only one that I don't really like. Mm. I, I mean, even the shiter ones for the nineties, like the fan, I, I the have, fan is so good. I have a lot of lot of time for again because of the the uh, the style informing how well the story's told. Mm-hmm. The style always comes first for Tony Scott, right? There's no, that's fine. But I think maybe one exception will probably be. Uh, Last Boy Scout because that script is so strong, you know. But Tony Scott's he he. Wait, did Tony Scott do Last Boy Scout? Aye. Shane Black wrote, wrote it and Tony Scott directed it. Aye, of course. It's Tony Boy. Golden Hour man. Crimson Tide. Crimson oh, fucking oh, ride me like. Fucking Tide. God. And then you get into all the new metal stuff. So like Man on Fire and that. Deja Vu. Aye, like think about how much that changed our films. Like yeah. in fact. I would argue that like shit like NCIS and all that looks like it does because, because of Domino. might be the rough one. I could you know I have not seen it because I cannot stand Kira fucking nightly. Oh, I can do, I can remember the trailer. <sighs> it's pretty rough. My 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 my, my, my name is d- d- Domino Harvey. But then you're like I'm quite pretty. I know Dom, Domino's is really it's what it's. Do you know aged, who wrote that? Aged so poorly. Oh, Andrew it? fucking Kelly. Uh, Donnie Darko. Oh, the box. Uh, that's probably why I watched it. Then I was going for that. Was, uh, that was the only reason I was going to watch it. The box. <laughs> the box is great by you. The box is uh, my favourite Tony Scott film. Enemy of the State. Good choice, my man. Oh, that's a great motion. That's picture. boy. I love yeah. Last Boy Scout. In fact, that that's ages. the one that probably changed NCIS and all that. That's mm. you think about it. All uh, the like, surveillance footage. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I, I love Last Boy Scout and all that, and I really like Daisy Thunder. Oh, it's Un- unstoppable, too. True, true romance. romance, but I Enemy of the State's the one for me. And the use of that classical but piece of music. Get, it's like I've, I've just so realised how unaware of Tony Scott's. Eh. <laughs> 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 And so they, what, they, Days of Thunder? I knew Days of Thunder, but I didn't know he did... Um... Unstoppable. No. <laughs> did you say True Romance? True Aye. Romance, man. Because remember that piece of classical music that... Because um, that's Quentin's script, isn't it? Aye. The Blue Lou Boyle, when um, Christopher Walken's having that chat mm. with uh, Dennis Hopper, and he's like, you tell the angels in heaven you never seen evil so singularly personified <laughs> as you did in the face of the man who killed you. <laughs> it's that piece of music that was playing oh. in, um, when she's like, are you making a pass at me? <laughs> That's your rom-com. Aye. <laughs> True romance. <laughs> Top rom-com. By the big man's... Uh... Aye, but I mean, imagine Tony Scott did just come out of the film industry and just stay in advertisement and all that. Be, we that'd be rubbish. Like, uh. We would have still had all these films, but they wouldn't have looked the way they did. You know, and Thank you, Don Simpson. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, mad coked up bastard. That <laughs> so amazing funny, fucking Sopranos line. What is it when they're talking about? Uh, like, he's like, yeah, yeah, uh, guy that wrote The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe Don Simpson put himself in Daisy Thunder. Who is he in Daisy Thunder? He's like a, I've seen that film once. He's a he's a rival race driver. I believe he's either a rival race driver or he's a guy on the news. I think he's a race driver that gets interviewed for like two seconds, but he's clearly like, yeah, blasted. I think this is not a, a good book on Don Simpson. I've read it. What's uh, it called? Oh fuck, I can't mind. But it is so good. I want to read that. So good and like total the the Mister Nice of a uh, of, <laughs> of cinema books Aye. because it's literally just stories of just fucking mayhem for them man it's great Crimson, Crimson Tide was what he was like this is my last roll of the dice you're like really? you're like aye you're like Crimson Tide because he died no long after it oh I suppose aye I forget how like long ago mm-hmm. and Crimson Tide's really good too aye it is it's, it's like talking about love 
I was getting a uh, go halfway an Australian lassie watching Crimson Tide. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Hundo. What are the pictures? You would have been nine. <laughs> no, oh, you're daft on the telly. <laughs> guess where it was? On my grand's couch. <laughs> <laughs> Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide. Was it on gets... the telly or did you put it on? It was on the telly. Oh, don't right, come okay. on <laughs> I was putting anything on my grandson, I would have been Die Hard 3 or some uh, <laughs> Norman Wisdom videos. <laughs> <laughs> Cracking out the fork candles gag. <laughs> uh, you get 16. Listen, can I just uh, interrupt for a word for a sponsor? <laughs> didn't they do this during briefing, Kyle? Uh, well, it was a bit serious. <laughs> didn't, didn't want to break up. So listen, we'd also like to thank our other special Valentine's Day sponsor, Britannia Music Club. <laughs> That's right, the bitch is back. And this time, she's got grime. This Valentine's Day, why not tie your partner into an irresistible mail-order contract? Britannia Music Club offers a wide collection of incredibly niche romantic compilations that'll get your loved one clamouring to make you come like the Venga bus. A special collection has been compiled just for Valentine's Day. It's called My Baby Just Loves Creamin' and features such songs as Come As You Are, Come On Eileen, Come Together, Come A Little Closer, even here comes Santa Claus and many more. Join the revolution. Visit BritanniaMusicClub.com and use Namaste, that's N-A-M-A-S-T-E, for absolutely no benefits. Remember, Britannia Music Club offers the only justifiable position in which one could obtain a Star Sailor album. <laughs> Fucking hell. You can't have seen Star Sailor live. Fuck no. There's a team with Pat. I'm, I'm sorry for your loss, man. Daddy was an alcoholic. <laughs> Did you at least get a winch with it? No. <laughs> of course you didn't. No. I was waiting for the Mars Volta. <laughs> You'd have ended up just getting half with a bucket hat. <laughs> a monkle. Are you there here? I, no. I seen I seen them because I think uh, I was waiting on seeing Mars Volta, yeah yeah yes, and Can you make the other one? Daikini's played. Uh, ah, was that that? Tina, was that the Pixies? No, it was twenty. Yeah. No, it was like twenty ten or two thousand and nine. All right, because I saw Mars Volta. It's all blood alive. It's all that blood alive. Right. So Kings of Leon, they fell out backstage before they came on stage. They played a couple of songs and fucked off. I had to sit through Kings of Leon to get the Pixies. I'm sure that was that year. Oh, I don't like. I don't like the Pixies. Mars Volta were fucking amazing though. Mm. I remember no liking them at the time, but seeing them live and being like, "All right, I get so it." So friendly it. fires. Nine Inch Nails played that year. And Mars Volta still gone. Marvel are still going. They brought out a new album Aye. last year. No, they're back. And it's pretty good. I only remember that one. No. Goes, no. The, crema- uh, the crematorium one. Was that no. in the comatorium. No. Comatorium was that. No. <laughs> I fucking love that album. It's a great album. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. album fucking rules. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> 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 and that's what you've come here for three guys talking about Mars Volta <laughs> imagine, imagine they walked to the room and came back and went how did we get on there <laughs> you know, how did we get on to Mars Volta D. Lowe's in the comatorium right, okay, I heard Star Sailor went for a piss and came back and <laughs> Star Sailor fuck me eh? that's a rough time uh, terrible man terrible that's what Urban Hymns does to a nation <laughs> the name alone Urban Hymns <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, The Drugs Don't Work is my least favourite song of all time mm. it does something very specific to me no. makes me violent you know can't can mind us what my Sharona shut the fuck up <laughs> no it's uh, How to Save a Life <laughs> 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 that is too funny. That's the it's worst. That funny. is that, honestly see the rage that that song brings out in me, man. <laughs> I need Where to relax, did man. I go? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> fucking put hole in a wall. <laughs> Aye. Aye, that is. Oh. What about you, Aye. Richie? Um, I was thinking about that as you were saying that. I think maybe 
Bad day. Something to be something by Vampire Weekend. Oh, <laughs> nice, great shout. <laughs> Hammer and Tongs directed by Vampire Weekend. That one. A-punk. I fucking hate it. Dum, Every time I hear dum, it. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> oh. Step Brothers <laughs> send me off. Fucking shit. Mal Flatt used to listen to that fucking album all the time. Vampire Weekend. Just stealing Paul Simon's songs. Who stole all his Making songs them even whiter. <laughs> I was going to say, who stole all his songs with the African people? <laughs> who stole their songs off Peter Gabriel? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking ma- big man. Big man's hitting with the Womad. Womad, huh? That's what he's doing. He's tying himself up in litigation. You <laughs> can hear him sing litigation as well, eh? <laughs> <laughs> So oh. aye, that's, uh, that's the hunger you got a keyword round up for us, Finley, my man. Uh, yes, I do. Um, is there anything else you want to say in the hunger? No, no. Is any any more thoughts on, on the hunger? Any more thoughts on the hunger? Uh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> I, like that, I like that bit when they all got Big Macs. Made me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> gave, me, gave me the hunger. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hadea. 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 <laughs> Vastly underused in it, too. Quite shamefully underused, as Dan Hadea uh, on it. He looks no. great, though, eh? Yeah. He just comes in and he's just like, hey! Uh, <laughs> like a wee shite Columbo. Yeah, he's a wee gumshoe, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's great, yeah. And, uh, all the golf stuff and seeing Bauhaus. Like, the Bauhaus opening is... Oh, my God, it's so good. Uh, it's cool. It was a proper, like... It's as soon cool as it fuck. came on, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. That's cool as fuck. Yeah. Man. <laughs> so cool. I, I, think actually, I just love this sort of like I think I love about films like that and that you'll never see again is the text that kind oh, of weird the artifice you can see the grain yeah no. but the texture of the audio as well it's very kind oh, of aye. analog aye. and mm-hmm. it's, not aye, clean. it's the shaky film logo yeah thing Un- unclean aye. yeah and like even like little touches like the uh, burnout of the um, credits mm. you know like how they're actually hard printed onto film and things mm. like that it's like I like and the su- the the, the subtle kind of natural sound of the dialogue and but how oh. good does it look for a film for 83 think about oh, some yeah. other films for that era and how sh- oh, yeah. no, no shite but how very 1983 they looked you know oh, yeah. oh, yeah. what are you saying about Friday the 13th part 3 like that are fucking know it yeah it's one of the best ones <laughs> <laughs> right so uh, your IMDB keyword roundup. this is where we go to IMDB keyword check the keywords up. on the film and I'll pick 10 of the best ones so, uh, number one is rave. <laughs> I wouldn't have called it a rave myself. Uh, number two is Lincoln Continental. <laughs> That's a car for all you gearheads out there. Uh, number three is Sweaty Face. Oh, it's very sweaty face. Sweaty Face. Number four is Fondling Bare Breasts. <laughs> yes. That's, for fans of that keyword, there's... <laughs> A lot. Nope. Uh, number five is uh, two in a shower. Oh. <laughs> Doesn't say two what? <laughs> Just two in a shower. <laughs> two beers. <laughs> Wash and go. <laughs> Jill Wilden. Uh, number six is home incinerator. <laughs> <laughs> Me. <laughs> Number seven, woman carries a man. <laughs> oh, I dared that not to click through. <laughs> um, number eight, undead sexuality. <laughs> undead. <laughs> number nine is nausea. Is what? Nausea. 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 Right. Number ten. Woman wears a one-piece swimsuit. <laughs> undead, undead. These are for people to find their kinks. You know, I, kinda, I had the uh, advantage of knowing what you two were watching first before picking this, so this was a conscious choice. Uh-huh. I was like, I need one for the shaggers. <laughs> need one for the fiends. And the keyword roundup very much summarised that. Great or an X. <laughs> Dainty two in the show. <laughs> <laughs> Another one for big sexy kisses. Oh aye, big deeps. Oh aye, mm. big deep kisses. 
Listen, I'm going to I'm going to say it now. Susan Sarandon is fucking amazing. Uh, she looks great in this. She like, looks incredible, and she she's so. When you think about her career and all, right? All the choices she's made, she could have just as easily slipped into just hot woman. Hot woman, know? just being in the scud. Uh, usual. And because it was that in Atlantic City, like fairly close together, where she got topless in, and mm-hmm. she could have just fallen into that category really easy. Mm-hmm. But she's. She for somebody to be able to navigate the industry like that at that time, mm-hmm. so well, you know, it couldn't have been easy. She looks amazing, too. Oh, aye. Yeah. She looks, she looks, uh, oh, great, aye. Aye. Some woman. And Catherine Deneuve, <laughs> a lovely big darling. Catherine Deneuve as well. <laughs> oh, aye. The face of Nazism. Uh-huh, well, the estate is coming for you, my friend. I do not have any affiliation with these opinions. Um, welcome, welcome to the Some Woman podcast. Some woman. Some woman. <laughs> what a deal. Next up, Some Phoebe Cates. <laughs> Fanny Potts. Some woman. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We said this when we turned into a viral podcast, know. but this is one for the <laughs> This is one for the shaggers. <laughs> 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 that shite. Bang, bang. Oh, that, the mask oh, shite. What is it? Is it The Simpsons? Hubba Hubba. <laughs> hubba Hubba. Hi. It's a wee pause. Right hubba Hubba. Hubba Hubba. <laughs> <laughs> this has ended exactly how we did it. Like idiots. It's but listen, there's more to love than this, guys, alright? It's important. <laughs> <laughs> listen, guys, yeah? It's important to love. Listen, guys. You know. Um, <laughs> so we hope you found out a lot about love. About love. We, we've we've taken our hands and we've guided you through the uh, murky corridors <laughs> of cinematic love. We've taken your hand with our hand and put both hands in the fire. <laughs> in the fire of love. In the home furnace. <laughs> in the home incinerator. <laughs> We've melted the flesh off. We've got the hospital and we hate each other. <laughs> love is pain. <laughs> As I said, <laughs> love is pain. So if you can take away anything for these Good name for a French bake. <laughs> love au pan. Love au pan. Love au pan. So if you've taken any away for these three films, it's that love is strange, love is sad, love is eternal. Love is dangerous. Love is pain. Love is so sad. <laughs> and love is listening to podcasts on your favourite fucking provider. I don't know. <laughs> but thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Cinephiles Roundtable. <laughs> That's our um, rebrand. And listen, <laughs> we've got two corals lit, and that's it. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, and we love you. Have a brand. Mm-hmm.